son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. Moves into the middle ice, not a lot of speed going, shoots, scores! Leon Dreisaitl has given Edmonton a 1-0 lead in the shootout. Connor McDavid to go next for the Edmonton Oilers, and he is 2-for-3 this year. Winds it up, starts off to his right side as a left shot. Now he cuts into the middle of the ice, likes to cut across. Backhand score! He sold the fake shot and then went with an interior backhand and had Jonathan Quick completely laden the wrong way. Kopitar next for the LA Kings. Gains the blue line, walks it, backhand, That is the finale tonight at Rogers Place. The Oilers outlasting the Los Angeles Kings for their eighth consecutive victory on home ice. And Miko Koskinen closing it out with his save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the ma- magic at refacemagic.ca. Oilers four, Kings three is your final. McDavid gets to 100 points. Dreisaitl now with 49 goals. Koskinen, pretty solid performance, stopping 38 out of 41 in regulation and overtime, and then two for two in the shootout. So the Oilers record 38-25-5, 81 points. Now the Kings get a point tonight. They're 36-23-10, and 10, 82 points. So still ahead of Edmonton for second. The Oilers do have a game in hand. If you go by points percentage, the Oilers are better by .002. <laughs> So it is a close race, and they still play again next week. But I, I, this was an entertaining game, and I think some nervous moments for the Oilers against a very dogged Kings team tonight. Well, yeah, this was a game that could have got away from the Kings. The Oilers went up 3-1, and it looked like, okay, this is just going to be like the Arizona game, 3-1, then they're going to score the next one, 4-1, and, and so on. And the LA Kings had no quit. Actually, once they fell behind that 3-1 goal, they were the better team. And they scored the two quick goals. Uh, they thwarted the Oilers' power play when they got out there. And then the third period, the LA Kings were all over Edmonton at times. Uh, they were the better team. They had a number of chances. The one thing, and we talked about this before the game, the LA Kings outshoots a lot of teams, but they don't have the pure goal scores, the pure offensive weapons that the Oilers have. And we saw that as the game went on. The LA Kings had their opportunities, but they had nobody that has that quick one opportunity shot that's going to put in the back of the net type of player. Uh, It was an entertaining game. If these two teams do play in the playoffs, which it looks like right now, we're going to see a much different LA team because they have eight regulars out of the lineup. 
Uh, I don't know if Dowdy comes back for the playoffs or not, but this is a, an LA King team that surprised me. Just looking at their lineup, who they have playing, a number of their players are young, inexperienced, that would not be in the National Hockey League if it not for the number of injuries, but they played well, and the one player that stood out for me that I thought was fantastic in this game was that Dursey, the kid on the back end. That is a very talented young hockey player. Yeah, it was 3-3 after two, and the Kings got the first 11 shots of the third period. The Oilers did not have a lot going on. They wound up shooting the Oilers 17-11 in the third. It, it took Edmonton about nine minutes to get a shot. They finally got a shot on that brief power play that yeah. only lasted 22 seconds or whatever. But, yeah, L.A., you know, you say they play simple, mm -hmm. but it's also not easy to, to do. You have to commit to it. I mean, putting the puck to net is one thing, and then getting there for traffic tips and rebounds. That's the hard part, though. But they commit to that, and they did it for the most part. Well, and give them credit. They came in with a game plan, and they stuck with it. Uh, they never got away from it. They, uh, they are very good on face-offs. And when you're good on faces, you can set up plays. And if everybody knows that... Okay, and the two things that I saw in this game. Their whole team knows when they get the puck to the red line, dump it in. So now when the, when the LA Kings are coming with speed through the neutral zone, no one slows down because they know that that puck's getting dumped in, so they're all going full speed. There's no hesitation. And the other one, they know that if the puck gets back to the point, go to the net because they're going to shoot the puck. And the LA Kings were so good on face-offs that it seemed like there was a stretch of eight, nine minutes where every single face-off was an LA win, a one pass, and a shot on net for a, for a tip or a rebound. So uh, LA is not an easy out come playoff time. And I think they proved that tonight. And the last last time these two teams played, I think it was a 5-2 or their win, but it was it hung in the balance yep. for a long, long time. And I know there was one or two empty net goals. Yeah. So the, it was a very good hockey game. So L.A., uh, much better than I expected with the lineup that they have. And that, that bodes well for them in the future because those are the future L.A. Kings playing tonight, all those young players. Yeah. Well, we talked about with the Kings' defense, could the Oilers create some havoc down low and they did it at times yep. but I just don't think they were able to do it often enough because like you said the LA was spending a lot of time in in Edmonton's end of the rink but I, I thought uh, you know some of the Oilers more powerful puck protection type players like Dreisaitl, Hyman, Kane, Fogle a couple times did have some good moments when they could get the puck down low it was getting it there to begin with that was tough. Well with the LA Kings defense tonight was was a much better puck moving defense than they normally have. They don't have the big physical guys on the back end. They don't have, uh, was, it, what, was it Matt Roy? Is that what his name is? So they don't have players like that back there. They have smaller guys, but they move the puck well, and they did a very good job at times of getting to the puck very quickly. One little pass, and they were out. When they did get caught in their own zone, that's when they got themselves into trouble, and that's where the Oilers worked them below the goal line. They scored the one goal, Hyman backdoor to Leon. They tried it a couple other times. Uh, Kane knocked uh, a player off the puck, and that's when... McDavid picked up and found CC, so that's where the Oilers were successful. But the LA Kings did a, a pretty good job of limiting those chances by getting to the pucks quickly and getting them out. So 4-3, the Oilers win in a shootout, a point behind the Kings now for second in the division. And I, I think we got to talk about Koskinen tonight. Uh, I mean, 38 out of 41, pretty solid. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, sure, a couple of weird bounces that were a little nervous in the third period, but ultimately he kept the puck out, and then in the shootout. Uh, I mean, a couple big saves to put it away while his, uh, his stars scored for him. Let's go downstairs. Here's Jay Woodcroft. Game, apart from the two points you got, think your team played? Well, we 
won the game. And uh, for us, that was the important thing. It was a whatever it takes uh, attitude. And uh, when you're not feeling 100% or or whatnot, for us, the counter thrust to that is uh, doing whatever it takes to find the two points. And I thought our team, and it's a full credit to the people in the locker room um, who found a way and did whatever it took to find the two points tonight. So we're pleased that we got the two points. We have some stuff that we have to work on, uh, but very happy that our players dug in and found a way to win. Very comforting to see Dreisaitl and Connor on a shootout from behind the bench is it very comforting yeah yeah i mean they're good shooters i think we have good players uh, i felt comfortable in that situation i've luckily i've seen them before perform in those situations and we have numerous players to pick from but uh, those are two pretty good ones to start off with what happened with that those two shifts when you got up three one did your team just fall asleep or what happened yeah i uh, wasn't pleased with it i thought we were we uh, brought pucks back into our own end needlessly when instead we could have just played simple and moved pucks forward. Um, but those things happen. Um, they're a good team too. Uh, they did some good things. We did some good things. I was uh, quite pleased with our persistence and stick to to find a way to get the two points. Jay, that's that's three times in their last five games where two goals in quick succession against. And mm -hmm. two of those games, Dallas and L.A., you're really kind of controlling the game at that point. Is it is it an outlier? Is it is it something that, that you're seeing? How, how do you, you address that over the final 14 games? Yeah, it, we are seeing that as a coaching staff. We're talking about it with our group. Um, it's not something that we're pleased with. I think there, our level of concentration and focus needs to... Um, be really dialed in, especially the shift after a goal. Whether we've given one up or whether we've scored a goal, um, I think that next shift is important. It's incumbent upon the people that are stepping on the ice to make sure that uh, you know we continue to move pucks forward and spend your shift in the offensive zone. We didn't do that tonight. Um, it's something that we're going to look to correct as we move forward. Can you sense as a coach, I don't know if you mentioned you felt hey, maybe our guys weren't at their best tonight, but we found a way to win. The uh, The first nine minutes, I think, of the third, they outshot you 11 nothing, and, you know, Costco made a few stops. But then you, you were able to, to not let them just completely dominate the final part. So do you look at that as a not a great first nine, and then thankfully we, we salvaged it, or are you concerned about the first nine of the third? Well, it's the National Hockey League. There are good teams that we're going up against on a nightly basis. Teams are going to have moments, and that team over there is competing for a playoff spot the exact same way we are. Um, they did some good things, so you have to give the other team credit. But I'd also give our team credit. We might have bent, but we didn't break. We didn't have um, 60 minutes of perfect moments or 65 minutes of perfect moments. But in the end, we did whatever it took to find the two points, and that's a credit to our players. Jay, what does eight in a row at home mean this late in the season to kind of establish that comfort level here? Yeah, I think it's really important. I think we want to make sure that this building's um, one where opposing teams know they're, they're going to be in for one. 
when they come they come here to play the Oilers and and um, you know that's also a credit to our players because they're making it a difficult place to play. Um, we haven't been perfect in those eight games. There's been moments that we'd like to have back, but in the end, as I said. Our team is doing whatever it takes at home here. You talked about not wanting to have guys sitting out for too long. You've clearly got some good NHL players that aren't in the lineup tonight. You had some guys that didn't play a lot tonight. Is the message to the players on this team just, you know, you play well, you're going to be in, and it just needs to be an open competition to see who's grabbing those spots consistently? That's exactly what we're doing. The players who perform will play. And we want to make sure that there is competition for ice time. And um, as I said earlier, uh, kind of after the trade deadline, we're going to use our, our eyes and we're going to make decisions based on the real-time information that our players give us. You didn't play Broussard much after the first period. What were you not liking about his game? You know what, I just didn't think uh, that line, I actually flipped some people around uh, there. Um, I didn't think that line was at its best. It found a way to give up a couple goals, but you also have to understand the game within the game. The other team went 11-7, and seven. so uh, if you looked at the minutes and how both teams uh, players down the lineup, especially up front, they're, they're very similar. So that's the game within the game sometimes you end up playing more sometimes you don't but um when you're playing a team uh, 11 and 7 sometimes that's the way it works out jay uh connor reached the century mark tonight uh with a goal and assist i mean he's not even well he's 25 years old but already five 100 point seasons tied for 16th for most all time in the nhl how incredible is that it's uh, incredible he's um He's a phenomenal athlete um, that takes his craft very serious. He's proud to have reached that mark, I'm sure. Um, but as I said this morning, I think he's driven to get our team to 100 points. Hey, yep. One more. One more. That's your hey, first. Uh, live on 6:30, Chad, as the Oilers get a 4-3 shootout win over the Los Angeles Kings. McDavid two points tonight, had eight shots on goal as he gets to 100. Drysaddle scores, he had six shots on goal. So those two guys combined for 14 of the 33 Oilers shots. Every LA King had at least one shot on goal, except for Olimata, only guy who didn't get a shot. Adrian Kempe, who always seems to be noticeable against the Oilers somehow, even though he didn't get a point tonight. Uh, seven shots for him, five for. Arverson. But we were talking about Koskinen there before we brought in Jay, and I want to touch on a couple of things he he said as well. But I, you know, I, we always seem to talk about Koskinen. Like I, you look at, like he said, sometimes you have good stats, but you don't have a good game. Well, tonight he has good stats, and I think he had a good game. Well, if you look at where the, it was funny. I think it was after the first period, the second period, they showed the goalies' save percentages up on the big screen, and both goalies, because at that point they'd given up three goals, were 840 something and 860 something. But then in the third period, there was a barrage. And you talked about the first nine shots or 11 shots were by the LA Kings. The Kings had 17 shots in the final 20. And Koskinen stood to the challenge. And that's what the Oilers need when 
they're no, they're not as we as said with Bob. Rarely do you see an NHL team dominate for 60 minutes. There's going to be breakdowns. There's going to be mistakes. And when you have your breakdown, when the other team has the momentum in their push, you need your goalie to make some big saves. And I think that's what we saw in this third period is Koskinen came up with some big saves, and he's been doing this consistently now. It's not always he's, and I know there's a lot of fans that were worried, okay, he's Koskinen, he's going to burn out, or he's going to have that one stretch before the deadline, we won't get a new goalie. But Koskinen's now been like this for, what is it, two months? Yeah, he's pretty been, much, January so, 22nd, yeah. So he's been consistent. He's given them quality starts, and that's why, in a, as big a game as this was, that Jay Woodcroft went back-to-back -back and kept... Uh, Koskinen in the crease because he knew the importance of this game and right now he feels Koskinen gives them the better chance of winning. So 4-3 the Oilers win in a shootout. James H. Brown and Associates unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled... This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Results, they give 100 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season to 630 Jed Centers Anonymous, so 400 bucks tonight. Okay, more post-game reaction coming, and we're happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. We are live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford overtime open line here's reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 chair goes evander kane and knocks his man off the pocket centered in front here's cc scott he scores Well, that was the Oilers' first goal of the game tonight. It tied at 1-1 on the way to a 4-3 shootout win over the Kings. McDavid looking for Pugliarvi. He was checked, but the puck goes perfectly straight back to CeCe, who fires it in. Now, Cody CeCe was the subject of set the line today for River Tree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. I set the line at 4.5. Number of hits by CeCe in this game. He is credited with two. So it's a $50 River Tree Resort and Casino gift card going to Ron, who took the under. Well he, well, he should get credit for three hits for that wonderful goal, because that was that was a goal that was a goal scorer's goal. Seriously, he walked in and he went bar down on Quick. Quick had no idea where the puck was. Uh, we talked to him between periods, Cody Cece, and about playing with certain players. Do you, do you like jumping up in the play? And he, he says, yeah, they got free free range to go when they they feel it's the right time. And the one thing that we've seen with Cody Cece this year, his offensive upside was a lot bigger and better than what was anticipated and what was expected he's got game and that was a that was a goal scorer's goal like that was that was something that i bet you you see him do in practice six seven times a, a practice and finally got an opportunity with time and space to do it in a game all right we can also tell you that the oilers farm team gets a four nothing shutout win over the henderson silver knights Stuart Skinner, a 23-save shutout, and Dylan Holloway had three assists in that game. So that is uh, significant. A lot of people keeping an eye on Holloway as we update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Final World Cup qualifier for Canada. 
losing 1-0 to Panama. Canada still does finish first in CONCACAF, and the draw for the World Cup is coming up on Friday. In the NHL, the Golden Knights beat Seattle 3-0, so the Pacific Division, Calgary 88, LA 82, Edmonton 81, Vegas 78. Vegas is the second wildcard team, but they're only a point ahead of Dallas, who has a game in hand. Uh, no, ahead of Dallas, they got four, four games. Four, four yeah. games in hand, yes, thank you, Rob. Jets over the Sabres, 3-2 in a shootout. Rangers beat the Red Wings 5-4 in overtime. Also, the Coyotes beat the Sharks 5-2. Blues get by the Canucks 4-3 as the Canucks, who, uh, you know, made it interesting, are they, starting to drop back a little bit. They Well, it, it's tough to dig out of the hole that they were in. That was a big hole. They were, well, I mean, they were written off months ago, but Bruce Boudreau has got the team playing much better. Okay, Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. 38th victory of the season. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Joel standing by. Hi, Joel, go ahead. Um, I have two questions for you guys. How many, uh, what is the save percentage for our goalie tonight? Well, it would be uh, 38 divided by 41. I'll do it for you quickly because I'm not going to do that in my head, but it's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> in tonight's game, he was 927. What's your other question? Uh, how many, um, how many uh, points did 97 get? He got two points, Joel. Two points, so he got to 100 on the season. Thanks for checking in. 780-496-0063. We have, is it Colonel Kellen? No, Colonel, go ahead. How are you guys doing today? Good. You know, I'm really impressed with Koskinen. You know, I think we have a goalie for the playoffs now. I don't know if you guys think the same. Well, I think Koskinen's been very good. I, I think that for everything that he's gone through this year and the uh, abuse that he's taken over the course of the year, whether it be media or, or social media or, or the Boo Birds, uh, he stayed with it, and he's been good, and he's given them quality starts. Now, I think that if for the Oilers to have success in the playoffs, I really do believe that they need Smith playing at his best as well, and then that Jay Woodcroft can have options. And I think that if both, we have a healthy Smith and Koskinen both playing at the top of their games, that serves the Oilers well. But right now, Koskinen has been giving them good starts, and I thought he had a very good game tonight. Third period, he was, he gave them that... Uh, the big saves they needed and was a big reason they got the extra point. Yeah. I, I mean, you you put a little bit more, I guess, weight on these games that are against other playoff yep. teams. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the last couple of weeks, last week and a half or so, so you went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Colorado, probably one of the other's better games yep. of the year. great game. You, know, you lost in overtime. Playoff overtime won't be three-on-three. Three. Yep. It'll be five-on-five. Five. Tonight, you go to a shootout, which obviously they don't, they don't have uh, in the playoffs, and then you got throttled by Calgary. So uh, I think you can say the Oilers uh, can play with anybody, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but they do, and most teams do, but they have some flaws that got exposed, certainly yeah. in Calgary, and at times tonight. And, and again, we talked about it. Physical forwards can really get in, and some of the Oilers defensemen at times have trouble handling that, and it did lead to two LA goals tonight. Well, it did. Is Well, the two quick ones. They got pucks in deep. They knocked two defensemen, first Bouchard, then Barry off the puck, and took the pucks to the net. Those turnovers created opportunities, and again, uh, the playoffs is a much more physical game than the regular season. There's, uh, well, it was actually the referees tonight refereed like a playoff game. Both teams were allowed to, to play. And when they play, you've got to be able to, 
play in, in big moments and not feel the stress. And sometimes the Oilers' back end has cracked a little bit under stress. And the LA Kings, they're only going to get better. Like, this was a good LA King team tonight. For playoffs, they're going to be a better hockey yeah. club because they're going to be healthier. So the Edmonton Oilers are going to have to find ways, and that's what Jay Whitcroft talked about. There's things that they need to correct, and that's that's the goal between now and April 29th, I think, when the last game is, is to get better. But, yes, uh, this, the whole start was with, is the goaltending a guy that's costing and a guy that can take them in the playoffs? Well, he's giving them quality starts, and that's what you want. Well, and right now, I mean, there's no other goal coming. Unless nope. <laughs> gets called up. I mean, we, we know that there's not going to be a trade or a waiver pickup or anything like that at this point. But you're right. For The last two months have been pretty solid for Costin. Again, I'm going to bring up the same question I've brought up the last several weeks. Once you get into the playoffs and then you rank goaltending, whether it's tandems or the starters, 1 through 16, where will Edmonton be? They won't be 1. Nope. No, no, they won't. No, there might be a 1 in front of... <laughs> <laughs> they might be somewhere 10 through 16. Or well, it's... Yeah, you're right. But... I think there's a confidence now amongst the goaltenders and amongst the teammates that they're getting quality starts. I mean, this the Oilers got a 4-3 victory tonight. But if you want to go by in the third period, the LA Kings were the better team in the third period. And we're unfortunate not to have that game won in regulation. But goaltending for the Edmonton Oilers got them into overtime and then to the shootout. And Goskin, again, shut the door in the shootout. So... Uh, Goaltending was a big factor in this hockey game. The Oilers did get a fourth goal in the second period. He got taken off the board. McDavid powered his way in front of the net. Backhand goes in off Pugliarvi. The Kings successfully challenged mm -hmm. for goalie interference. What do you think of the call? Well, it was probably the right call, but I don't like that call. Uh, that's, I mean, for me, goalie interference is when you, as a player, do something that really impedes, where you are physical on the goalie. And I... I I mean, again, I can only talk about when I played my era. I mean, I, you remember you fell, you fell on the goalie on purpose. You would grab his shirt or you grab his pad. You'd do anything you can to disrupt the goaltender. That one, Pugliarvi was just stronger than the defender he was playing against. Pugliarvi wasn't trying to push the defender into the goalie. Pugliarvi was looking for the puck and going towards it. And he, he's a big man. And he just pushed the, the player in the blue paint. Never pushed him into the goal. He just, he quick was not allowed to move over right. to where he wanted to go because Pugliarvi had pushed the defenseman there. So it was the right call. I just don't like the way that that rule is set up that something like that could be called a no-goal. Pugliarvi's feet were in the crease yes. when the puck went in. I, you know, I wonder if he'd been outside the crease, if, he, if he'd sort of pushed off Bjornfoot yeah. and moved back a little bit, if it still would have counted, if it would have counted. Even if Bjornfoot had hit the goaltender, that might have been a different decision. But you know when a coach challenges it. On, on an offside, you know 99.9%. .9%. And even on a goalie interference, they're probably pretty sure they're going to get the Well, goal. and that was a huge moment. I mean, if the referees decide that it was a good goal, the Oilers go up 4-3 and they go on the power play. Right. So Todd McCullen just understood the importance of that play and felt pretty confident the referees were going to overturn because you're asking the referees to overturn their own call. So that's where you're always a little worried when you make the coach's challenge. Uh, but I, I do believe they made the right call. I just, I don't like that call. I don't like that rule. Yeah, there, there could have been there could have been a lot of penalties tonight. <laughs> uh, you know, for the most part, I didn't mind the, the way the game was officiated, yeah. quite frankly. I mean, if you're going to let 
the ticky stuff goal, let it all go. Um, well, there's see, a it was funny, though, because Kane got called for the cross-check. Yeah. And after the Oilers killed that off, McDavid committed a more severe Way, foul. way worse. It wasn't even close. Yeah. Like, he drilled that guy. And then in overtime, I think it was in overtime, where I think it was Kane lift the L.A. King stick. Like, he knocked that stick way up into the air. And then right after that, he got tripped. Like, they, there should have been yeah. calls both ways. But the referees decided not to call it. But and I like that because it was called the exact same both ways. Yeah. And that's how playoff hockey is. So I, I know some people are upset with it. Now, but to me, it's like that's, that's a good hockey game where the referees didn't have a factor in it. The players did. And it was much, much more entertaining to watch. Yeah. And we did a couple good shows earlier in the season, specifically where we asked people to call in about about the refs. Okay, yeah. what do you want? Don't just pick a, a call or two that you didn't like. And it was really interesting to hear from people because I know that the calls I would have wanted made tonight if I were running the NHL might be totally different. I mean, Fogel would have had a breakaway and Kempe body-checked him before he got to the puck. I mean, to <laughs> me, I, I would want that call. Like, just like I would want the McDavid cross-check cross -check call. call. Like, the, the Kane one, I would, would have been more likely to let go. I agree. As, that, as opposed, like, but I mean... To me, if, it, if it's something that, that is vicious or could hurt a player, that's an automatic call. And something that stops a goal-scoring chance, that's an automatic call. But they were letting things go all over the place tonight uh, to me. But then it's funny, people complain about it, but the most exciting part of hockey, of the hockey year, is the playoffs when they don't call any of that. That's what everyone looks forward to. The first two rounds of playoffs, everyone's glued to their TV because of the excitement of it. The ex part of the excitement is the fact that the referees make no calls. So the power plays did not lead to any goals. Kings go 0 for 3. The Oilers go 0 for 2. The power play update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an XPowerProducts.com. The first Oilers power play was not good. The second one was abbreviated because they took a penalty. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one, it, it's funny. They won the first draw. They got the puck quickly to Connor McDavid, and he had an opportunity to shoot, and he didn't. And then he tried making a pass, and then that was the end of the power play. They never got set up again. The second one, it was just, it was bad luck. As Zach Hyman just tried to go around a guy, and his stick came up. It was an easy call. It knocked the visor back on his head, so the referee had to call it. But yeah, the Oilers' power play was not a factor. The LA Kings had their first power play. They did everything but score. As they moved the puck around well, weren't able to put it in the back of the net. So this became a five-on-five -five game. And it's an exciting three-on-three -three overtime. Oh. As I, I thought, I thought Drysdale was going to fire that one timer, and he tried to find Keith back door, and he had no room. I, know. I was like, oh wow! One timer, overtime, 50th goal of the season. The place would have went absolutely crazy. Uh, the good thing is we get another opportunity to watch him get the 50th on home ice on Friday night. Okay, so the Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. Uh, if you're on hold, stay there. We're going to get to the Certainty Hotline when we get back. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 6:30, Chet. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. It's Connor Yamamoto. It's swung up the boards, and Dreisaitl has it, or Hyman in the high slot on his backhand. Circles back behind the goal. Dreisaitl coming front. Dreisaitl scores! Yeah, one away from 50. Really nice setup from Zach Hyman. That made it 2-1 Oilers late in the first. Edmonton goes on to win 4-3 in a shootout against the LA Kings. Whenever the Oilers get to five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com, and you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Did I say print up a coupon or print up an appetizer? I've said both this year. Can you print up an you appetizer? You can't print up an appetizer. That'd I have said really that you good. can at times, though. 
We'll get one of those, what are those, 3D printers? 3D printers that makes food. That's what we need. Oh, that'd be really cool. Some people just call them ovens. <laughs> True, yeah, well, they have those things. That's, that's my wife's strength. That's not my strength. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, boys, how you doing? Quite well. Well, oh, I'm going to say I have a... Uh, I know. I mean, I have a couple thoughts on the game. You know, honestly, overall, I think you know what I think. L.A. I honestly think L.A. deserved a better fate tonight. I think for, I think for, I honestly think for the most part, L.A. was the better team. Edmonton just got the better goal pending. That's my first thought. My my uh, the second uh, uh, the second the second quick one on the refs. I would rather. I would rather they call nothing and call the tacky stuff. That's just me. Third one, you know what? I said I personally think it's going to be, as I said, it's going to be the Oilers in LA because I don't believe I don't believe either of them are catching Calgary. And I personally think Vegas. I said I think they're just going to run out of track. But I mean, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be fun down the stretch to see what happens. One more quick one. Personally, do you think, uh, and this is for Rob, do you think they go with Boston until he falters since they, they don't have a back-to-back until the final no. two games of the year? No, I think they'll use Smith. I think he's shown with bringing in uh, Archibald and Ryan and, and moving Cassian and Shore out that he wants to use all his players. He wants to make sure everybody is in is game ready as we go down the stretch. So I, do, I believe they'll do that with Smith as well. I think that they'll maybe a three out of five for, for Koskinen down the stretch, and Smith plays the other two, unless, obviously, there's a flip-flop and Smith starts out playing them. But I think that the Edmonton Oilers are going to go with the hotter goalie in the majority of the games. And I think with the importance of today's game against the LA Kings, I think it shows you where Jay Woodcraft and the, co Woodcroft and the coaching staff sees their goaltending. They went with Koskinen back-to-back -back games in a very, very important one. They wanted the two points in this game, and they went to Koskinen, so it shows you right now they feel that Koskinen maybe just has an edge, a slight edge over Mike Smith. All right, we'll go to Rocket standing by as well on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Rocket, go ahead. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. <clears throat> I was just looking at some uh, stats because the last time I called in, I was uh, whining and complaining about how over-bloated everybody's talking about the Eastern Conference and I was referencing stats. So I brought up another one for you tonight. Uh, a good win by the Oilers, by the way. Rah, rah, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, I'm all for it, have been, seen all five Stanley Cups. Been there, done that on White Ave or Jasper Ave. What's, what's your stat, Rocket? Okay, so we are fourth in the East in goals for if we played in that conference. And in the West, we're third in goals for. Yep. Which tells you, and goals for against, Calgary and, and Colorado are like plus 70. And that's my that's my biggest stat ever, the most original stat. Yeah, but the devil's advocate on that though is that's because the Oilers in Calgary and Colorado were playing against East or playing against Western Conference teams. 
Well, I, I mean, if, I mean, if you want to, I believe. Yeah, that which I, conference is stronger? You know what I say? Who cares? Oh, well, it, whoever wins the, the well, Stanley the Cup. Last, the last two years, the last two years, the, the Eastern Conference is stronger because they won the Stanley Cup. I don't know who won it before Tampa. I can't remember. Was it St. Louis before Tampa? Uh, yes, because Maroons won three in a row, right? Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. So then the Western Conference was stronger the year before that. So I, I the East, the East, I believe, is a stronger conference. That's just my own personal opinion. And they're going to have some fantastic playoff series early. But by the time they get to the Stanley Cup Finals, there's going to be some beat-up teams on either side, and it's anybody's championship. Well, if I were to list my five favorites for the Stanley Cup in no particular order, I'd have Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Calgary. You have Carolina twice? Or Colorado? You'd have Colorado and Calgary. Your Sorry, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carolina's pretty good. Maybe, maybe I will put them in there twice. <laughs> I... I, I, I yeah, I'm f and, and but then again, you look at it. The Rangers are only three points behind Carolina. And the Penguins, and are, the playing, Penguins are playing great. Yeah, no, I agree. There's, I, I think there's probably about eight, eight teams in the National Hockey League right now that have legitimate chances to win the Stanley Cup. And hopefully the Edmonton Oilers are well, one. Well, anybody that's in the playoffs will have a legitimate chance. Some teams will have. Except better, for the team that plays Colorado chances. in the first round. Because they're going to be out in eight days. Eight days. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if they play every second day, it would really be seven days because they'd go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. That'd be seven days. I'm going to call Daryl Sutter and tell him that. <laughs> we have Kevin standing by. Hi, Kevin. Go ahead. Hey, my man. Rob Reed. Uh, love what you're doing. Uh, I I threw a shout-out out to uh, Theo uh, Flurry after you uh, commented on his uh, how he's probably one of the best small men that ever played. Anyway, I want to go back to Saturday. And uh, I think Darnell Nurse is hurt. Like, I mean, he hasn't been that physical. And, uh, but I think the thing about it is, like, I mean, tonight, like, I mean, just like Jay Woodcroft said tonight, like, I mean, after scoring a goal, like, I mean, they're up 3-1, and they... Like, I mean, two goals in 14 seconds? Like, can you explain that, Rob? <laughs> well, the LA Kings are a good hockey club. Uh, they play to their strength, uh, which is to get pucks in deep and be physical. And I don't think that the Edmonton Oilers uh, were prepared or were capable on those two plays. I think the LA Kings did what they wanted to do on those spots, and they came out. The Oilers have got the... Have, the Oilers have, uh, have struggled a little bit with goals against in quick succession this year, and that was one of those ones. I'm sorry, I was a little distracted. Craig B. Tavis just came over here and told me I'm scratched for the next game. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You'll get back in there, kid. Just keep trying. He told me I'm going down to, for a conditioning stint. He said, two, two weeks tops. I'll be in Bakersfield two weeks tops, and they'll call me back up. He still looks like he well, can that play. That actually happened to you. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, I've actually been down on a two-week stint that lasted Last three, four months. <laughs> Waited by the phone. I think they lied, Reed. I think they lied. <laughs> I think they might have had other plans. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it was Daryl Sutter. You're just going to go down, get back into playing shape. We'll get you right back up here. I think he forgot, which is weird because his brother was coaching he the team down there. You. There was probably another Brown on the roster, and they activated the wrong guy. I think that's what happened. Story of my life. Yeah, but I'm glad Kevin brought that up because that was – that was one of the key parts of the game. I mean, the Oilers were up 3-1. That's, you know, well, there's a lot of time left, but you lose the lead that that quickly, and both on goals where, you, like I've said, where you kind of don't have that sturdy defending that you need. Yeah, well, I mean, 
if you play against the Oilers, get pucks in deep and try to... They've got uh, a couple defensemen that aren't as big or aren't as physical, and you try to take advantage of that. Just when we talked before the game, playing against the LA Kings, they got some inexperience on the back end. Get the puck yeah. in behind the goal line, go after them. Every team's got weaknesses. And it doesn't matter if it's a Tampa Bay Lightning, Florida Panthers, Colorado. There's something on that team they're not as good at as other things. So you try to exploit that weakness. And the LA Kings did a good job for large parts of, the, parts of this game of exploiting things that they can try to take advantage of. And as a team, and Jay Woodcraft talked about, there's things they got to work on to get better at. Because anytime something goes wrong, someone's got video of that to use against you the next time they play against you. Uh, but the Oilers, this game should not have gotten away from them. They were up 3-1 against an LA team, and they don't even get to announce the goal by Connor McDavid, and all of a sudden it's 3-3. So uh, though you enjoy, as a coach, going over video and finding mistakes in a win because it's easier right. to explain it to the players. They're not as down on themselves. The, the mood is still chipper and happy in the dressing room, and you can still find ways to give constructive criticism. All right, Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. Uh, in the shootout, by the way, Drysdale and McDavid both with great goals. Arvidsson hit the side of the net, and then Kopitar tried to go five-hole, and Koskinen took it away, so it ended after two shots uh, each. We have Scott on the Certainty Hotline as well. Scott, thanks for staying up and giving us a call. Go ahead. Hey guys, I'm just wondering, uh, what do the Oilers do in the off season with Miko Koskinen? Like, obviously, if he gets an offer from the Oilers, it's going to hinge on his performance uh, down the stretch here and in the postseason. But you know, for honestly, as Scott, I'm just going to jump. I think he's a free agent unless he wins the Conn Smythe Trophy. But then, if he is that, he's still a free agent because he's unrestricted. So yeah, so then he might think, okay, I'll look around. No, but like. I, do, do we try and retain him at all? It all think? depends. It well, all depends what he does in the playoffs. The next year they want Skinner here, and it's who they want Skinner with. And if if Miko Koskinen takes him to the promised land, well, then obviously, yeah, they're going to probably want to retain him. But if he takes him to the promised land, there's going to be other teams in the National Hockey League that will have the opportunity to sign him too because he's an unrestricted free agent. So it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't, because they have to let him play it out to see what yeah. he's capable of doing. Like Scott, let me ask you, because we've heard, he's probably the most talked about player this season. What do you, what, what do you as a fan want? Well... Like, as far as I'm concerned, you can't count on Mike Smith for anything. Like, I know he's signed for next year, but, you know, he's he's probably done, uh, regardless of his contract status. But I think if we don't have Miko Koskinen this year, I think we're in a lot of trouble. You know, I don't even know if we're in a playoff spot without him. So, you know, everyone wants to run him out of town for the last few seasons. But, uh, you know, he's he's kind of been the unsung hero, so to speak, for the, for the Oilers. But... You know, He's 25, 10, and 3. Yep, you're which right. Which is pretty good. I just don't know if. I mean, players want money and they want years. Yep. So, you know, if you did sign him, would you want to sign him for more than well, a year? The better he plays, the more he's worth. The better he plays, the more options there'll be for him. Yeah. The 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 less he the if he doesn't play well, well. You're going to get him cheaper, but you don't want him. So, right. uh, and then, and Mike Smith is—he is signed for another year. And yep. I've heard a couple of people say that he won't be back. But I don't know Mike Smith personally. But from what I see from him as a as a professional, I don't see him wanting to quit hockey. So I, I don't know what happens with Mike Smith. We get it. Distractions happen. 
That's why we designed the fully electric, full-sized Volvo EX90 with the latest technology to keep you and those around you safe. Its two-sensor driver understanding system is designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Reserve your Volvo EX90 today. Learn more at volvocars.com slash US. I would imagine he wants to play next year and he's under contract. Okay, Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. You're going to hear from Cody Cece and Leon Dreisaitl when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Kopitar next for the LA Kings. Gains the blue line, walks it, back in, save by And the Edmonton Oilers win it 4-3 in a shootout. Migo Koskinen BF staying custom. with Anze Kopitar for adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. That ended at 4-3 Oilers in a shootout. Back down to the Hall of Fame room. Defenseman Cody Cece and center Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Leon, kind of a, a little bit of a playoff atmosphere. Really. I could just see the emotion from, from you and Connor, especially Connor in the shootout. Obviously, you guys wanted the win. Just kind of give me your thoughts on kind of a roller coaster game a little bit for you guys. Uh, yeah, I think both teams obviously knew what, what's at stake and, um, you know, it was a tight game back and forth. Uh, we had two, two shifts where we kind of fell asleep a little bit there and, and let them get uh, back into it. Um, that's, that's something we, we need to clean up, obviously, but other than that, it's, uh, it's a pretty, pretty solid game, I thought, and um, yeah, we're obviously happy we got the extra point. Yeah, you mentioned that's, I think, the third time in five games that you had that just brief little small fall asleep kind of thing and it really changes the outcome of the game but for the majority of it you like your game what did you like about your team's play in the offensive zone and, and not getting frustrated with fans obviously felt like there was maybe some some missed calls did you feel like the refs were letting a lot of obstruction go tonight uh, yeah i mean i'm not going to comment on the refs um but yeah i thought we did a pretty good job of playing them below the circles um you know, obviously they, they had a young young decor in there tonight, so uh, I thought we worked them pretty well. And um, yeah, that's that's one of our strengths on our team, right? Um, we we bring pucks to the net and, and we create uh, scoring chances off of that. So um, I thought we did a pretty good job of that. Uh, these types of games theoretically are, are, you know, they are very helpful in sort of tempering you guys for what you're going to see in the playoffs. Is that kind of how you get a sense of it, that this is, you know, you acclimatize yourself to what happened tonight because you're going to see a lot of it? Yeah, that, like, like you guys said, that's a playoff type of game, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see that we can stick with it and, and um, come out on top uh, at the end. You know, that's, that's a great sign for us. So um, who knows, we, we, we might see this team... Uh, sometime down the stretch, right? So, um, yeah, it was big, big two points for us. Uh, home ice is always huge, but this year it seems especially you guys have really asserted yourself uh, in this building. I think you're 10 games over 500, eight in a row. And the last couple of years, uh, you know, you're barely over 500. Is there a different vibe this season? I mean, having the fans back is obviously a big deal. <clears throat> well, I think it's something that, um, you know, that needed to improve um, over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, obviously so far this season we've, we've done that. Um, we want to make this, this building a tough building for, for other teams to come in and, and um, a hard building to play in. And, um, you know, I think we, we've done a good job of that lately. Cody, can you answer that one too? Like, you get a bunch of wins in a row at home late in a season like this. I mean, that's got to have you guys in a good place heading into the final games of the year. 
Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we feel pretty comfortable playing at home. We've been playing hard at home. Uh, we just need to clean up a little bit on the road, and I think we'll be a very hard team to play against. Leon, one of the things that Evander Kane talked a lot about when he got here was wanting to kind of play that heavier game. Do you feel like your group um, is able to play that kind of game right now where you're, you're working those corners and working the balls and more of that in your game than maybe at other times this year? Um, yeah, of course. I mean, there's different ways of being hard, right? Um, you, you can, you know, be hard without the puck. You can forecheck hard. You can finish your checks. That's one way of being hard. Uh, another way of, of being hard is probably the best example is Himes, right? He's he's really hard on pucks. That's that's hard to play against. Uh, he protects pucks. He takes them takes them to to uh, dangerous areas, and and that's another way of being hard. So um, I think we got a lot of that in our group. Leon. You're one of the few guys maybe you can understand how difficult it is to score 100 points. You're on the verge of doing it for the third time. Connor's already done it five, and he's he's only 25. I know he's not going to talk about it, but do you guys, and Cody, maybe you can answer too after, but you don't necessarily take it for granted just how difficult it is. Like, he's on pace to join Lemieux and Gretzky. He's the only guys to ever do it like 10 times, and he's very young age. Just give me your sense on 100 points for him again. <coughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously uh, very impressive. Um, who knows? He he might have he might have gotten a hundred in, in his rookie season too. You know, um, obviously he gets hurt, but um, yeah, the consistency is just uh, amazing. Fun to be a part of. Fun to watch. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to score in this league. Uh, you know, he goes up against the best uh, every single night, right? You got to think every team tries to stop him. Every team focuses on him uh, the most, and and yet he he goes out with. Every season with 110, 120 points, I don't even know, but um, that, that's hard to do. That's really, really hard to do, and, um, you know, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, just the, the rate that they're, both of these guys are scoring at and the consistency they bring every single night putting up points is uh, it's impressive, and that's what kind of drew me here in the summertime was uh, getting a chance to play with these guys and see how far we can go. Their offense rubbing off on you? That was quite the snipe. Chasing me down. Yeah, I told him I'm coming. <laughs> Leon, the rest of the hockey world is watching. You know, you score one night, and then Austin Matthews scores one night, and then you score one night. It's going back and forth. Are you paying any attention to what he's doing? I'd be lying if I didn't. I mean, it's it's impressive what he's doing, right? It's, it's the same thing. He teams focus on him, uh, and he scores 50 every year. Um, I mean pretty much every year uh, so yeah it, it's impressive it's 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 fun to watch um, you know obviously uh, we'll see we'll see how it ends you'd like to beat him I assume <laughs> of course I'd like to beat him yeah but he's uh, he's a pretty good player himself so uh, I don't think he's gonna stay at uh, 49 to be honest with you Leon Dreisaitl now at 49 goals Connor McDavid gets to 100 points Miko Koskinen stops 38 out of 41 in overtime and regulation time, and then two out of two in the shootout as the Oilers beat the Kings 4-3. So they're a point behind L.A. for second in the Pacific Division. The three-game homestand 
wraps up on Friday, and the Oilers will try to tie a team record for most consecutive home wins at 9. That's a 5.30 face-off show game at 7 here on 6.30 Chet. Get more on the team on 6.30Chet.com or globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have Inside Sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place and Inside Studio 99, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30 Chet. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Oilers Hockey, presented by Friesen Brothers, Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Signing off from Studio 99. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.